0: Well, good morning, and I want to give a special greeting to all of the veterans out there on this Veterans Day weekend. Um, We thank you who have served. It's at the heart of Jesus' kingdom. He said, I have come not to be served, but to serve, and to give my life as a ransom for many. So I believe in a special way our veterans have demonstrated this way of life. One of my new favorite veterans, Pastor Brian, U.S. Marine Corps retired now. was able to participate in the veteran services in North Andover yesterday at the, uh, he offered a prayer at the end of the parade and uh, got to meet a lot of the local veterans and community leaders and just great to see him uh, just becoming part of the community in North Andover as he continues to lead the North Andover campus of this church. So uh, it was a great, a great connection uh, for him, so, but today, where we are today, we are uh, jumping back into our series, The Images of the Church. And I want to give a little recap, because some of you um, aren't here every week or you're visiting, and for those of you who are here, sometimes we forget we've actually covered a lot of ground together. So just a quick recap of the series. We started the series talking about how we are the body. We are the body of Christ. Christ is the head, and we, that means we need each other. We're different, but we're so interconnected that we support one another in unity. Uh, The the next week, we talked about how we are the bride, and that Jesus is our loving groom. He loves us to death, and his love for us gives us a whole new capacity to be loved that way, gives us a whole new capacity to love others, and and, and live that love in the world around us. Uh, The next week, we talked about how we are a nation, that Jesus is our king, and that you are part of something bigger than yourself, an unshakable kingdom, and in a world that is unstable and frightening at times, that we belong to this unshakable kingdom with our King Jesus. Uh, The following week, we talked about how we are a family and that God is our Father. And when uh, when we have that status as a child of God, it actually produces in us things like hope and love and assurance that we are His. A couple weeks ago, we talked about how we are the temple of God. The whole idea of a temple is that it's the place where a deity lives. That we, as God's temple, the one true God, the creator God, lives in and among us, and as wherever we go, God is with us. And the amazing truth that that is. Last week, uh, Hobby was uh, sharing with us how we are the flock. We are God's flock. Jesus is our chief Shepherd, are the good shepherd who lays down his life for the flock, and that we need to be smart enough to know that we need that Savior, and also to recognize that there are those outside the flock that Jesus is bringing in. Therefore, we are a growing and a diverse flock. So, these are all um, these are all things that we've we've covered. Today's image is a little bit different. Today's image is the image Christian. It's actually less of an image that God gave us to understand who we are and to understand who he is. It's actually an image that outsiders of the Christian community gave to the believers. It was sort of a label, a designation. Okay, those people, they are Christians. And it happened in Antioch. This is a pretty big city, about 300 miles outside of Jerusalem, where the followers of Jesus Christ were first called Christians. The disciples, they didn't call themselves Christians. They called themselves disciples, or believers, or the brothers. But this was a title that was given to them, and actually Christians later have adopted that to describe themselves. And even today, we describe ourselves as Christian. Uh, The word means uh, followers of Christ, associated with Christ, from the party of Christ. It does not mean little Christs. I've heard that before. Uh, the Greek term, certainly, the, the Greek term that we translate Christian just means, it's very formulaic. It just means with Christ, associated with Christ. And uh, so—and we use this label today. Now, we have to think about this. Today, that label carries with it 2,000 years of baggage and reputation. Some of it good. So if you, let's say you're in an office and somebody said, hey, we got a new coworker, and this person is a Christian. You might say, oh, that person's probably loving and kind and helping to others and honest. Other people in the office might say, oh, this person's a Christian. That means they're judgmental. They're going to be uptight, anti-science, hypocritical, whatever. Again, people may have very positive associations with the, with the label Christian. Other people might have a more negative. And more and more in our world, people are skeptical of Christian, even hostile towards it. Uh, But remember, in Antioch, there was no such thing as a Christian. This label has no baggage to it. It's just a new label that was given based on what was seen of this community. So we're going to ask this morning, what is it that, why is it, and what is it that they got this new label, Christian? It's an important message for us today, because because we really do have an image problem, Christian. Um, Again, that it's, Christianity can be viewed uh, quite negatively in our world. Um, but, it, but our goal isn't to leave here and convince the world that we're somehow cool or relevant. Um, our goal is to be obedient to God. Our goal is to give him the glory. Our goal is to live as he intended, to just live out our faith, just like the church in Antioch. They're just living out their faith, and people say, That's, we're going to call that Christians. But for us, it's important because we, in a sense, we care primarily about what God thinks of us, not what the world thinks of us. But if our calling is to be a blessing to this world, uh, to the people and to the places where God has called us, then it's important for us to be aware of what we represent as we go, to pay attention to what we demonstrate to the world about what it means to be a follower of Jesus, Uh, because we bear the name Jesus as we go, that's that's the name. and uh, we, So we're going to look at that this morning. I'm going to stop right there. We're going to pray. So Father, as we consider who you are, as we consider who we are as a community, I, I pray that as we do this, we would see you as you really are and that we would see ourselves as we really are. People who are uh, desperate in need of you, but you as a God who is holy and above all else, but loving us and being with us by your spirit, even in this time and place. Such that as we look at your word, Lord, that you would open our hearts to understand and to receive uh, what you have for us. So help us to understand well. Do your good work in this time, Lord. We thank you that you love us that much. In Jesus' name, amen. So I want to give you three uh, reasons or three things that are happening that bring about this new name, Christian. The first. Why a new name, Christian, is because there was a whole new way of life. These believers, followers of Jesus Christ were just called Jews at first. They were just Jewish believers. They followed Jesus as the Jewish Messiah. They, they um, walked with him. They, they were just seen by the world as a sect of Judaism. But now we have believers who have been scattered. So those who were following Jesus were being persecuted. And a man named Stephen was killed for his faith in Jesus. And the, the believers, for their own safety, scattered out of the city, out of Jerusalem. And they made it to these faraway places, 300 miles away in Antioch. And the, as they go, though, they are they're kind of running for their lives. But as they go, they're still living out their faith. And they're still speaking Of Jesus. And this, what was happening is they started speaking Jesus not to just Jews but also to Greeks. So people who were not of Jewish background. So think of a city like Antioch. This is a huge city. So you have Rome and you have Alexandria and then Antioch is probably the next biggest city in, in, in the Roman world. So it's a very, it's a place of a lot of commerce, a lot of different ethnic groups and cultural backgrounds and religious beliefs all living in the city. And as happens in urban places like that, often people really kind of segregated themselves into neighborhoods based on what they believe, based on their uh, cultural background, their ethnic background. And what was happening now is this Jewish sect was breaking down the walls between Jews and Gentiles who otherwise wouldn't associate, and they're all putting their faith in Jesus. And this is a whole new thing, and it really does separate them from Judaism and the world, you know, the city looks at this and says, "This is this is very different. This needs a new name." So they give it a new name. This is Christians. It was really an unprecedented way of building community. And they're describing this 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 new thing. It's really a new way of relating to God that Jesus said. It's a continue. It is a continuation of the Jewish faith in a sense, but Jesus comes and he fulfills all the Old Testament covenant. And he said, this is a new covenant. This is a new deal. It's a new promise of God. And it's made in my name and in my blood, Jesus said, because of what he accomplished on the cross. So it really is a whole new thing. And it was demonstrated by these groups coming together. That's why when we start to segregate ourselves based on things like race, socioeconomic status or background or education or gender, whatever the, whatever would otherwise divide people. When Christians divide along those lines, it's not just wrong, it's worse than wrong. It's antithetical to the gospel of Jesus Christ, which was a new way of life that actually brought people together across those boundaries. There was a time, a number of years later, where this same church in Antioch, Peter was there, one of the disciples, and he was starting to actually live in such a way that would build up the wall between the Jews and the Gentiles again. And Saul, who's also known as Paul, who, who had taught in this church, had to publicly and forcefully speak against Peter in his behavior because it, the reason why it was such a big deal was because this beautiful way of life that was characteristic of the new community was being marred. He was living in a way that was counter to this. So it had to be spoken against. And you can read about that in Galatians chapter 2 in your Bible. But what a beautiful community that develops that needs a new name. And you'll notice a few things that are really helpful for us too. One is that it happened in the midst of persecution. That a a man died. And, and, And everybody scatters about. But because of this death and because of the instability and unsafety, it actually caused to spread God's kingdom, not to harm the kingdom. I saw an instance of this when I was traveling in China, talking to a church leader this summer when I was in China, and he said that his church, the government leaders in in certain parts of China, they, they will put up with unregistered churches and Christians living their Christian faith. They say, look, just don't get too big, don't get too political, and don't affiliate with any foreign groups. And then you can kind of do your thing, and we'll keep an eye on you. And they do. They really keep an eye on what the Christians are doing. But this one church was growing. It was 35, 40 people, and it grew to about 160 people. And the government, local government leader said, look, you're getting too big. We don't like this. You need to get down to, you need to, get down to 40 people. I think that was it. It was something like that. You need to get down to, like, 40, 50 people. They said, "Whoa, that's a. We'll see what we can do." And so this church actually sent people out to plant new churches around the city, and they planted five churches, and they all grew into a thousand people, and they were able to shrink their church down to about I think 120, 140 people. And the government leader said, "Oh, good job. You know, you kind of shrunk a little. That's we're happy with that." <laughs> but this is how the this is how the kingdom the, the kingdom of God is not. When we face things that seem like trouble to us, where we face illness or death of a loved one, where we see people struggling with addiction, where we see hardship of different kinds, that actually God's work doesn't stop. And in fact, it's it's at those times, those very seasons, where we see God's work growing and growing. When people are doing just fine, it's not often when they're calling out to the God of the universe. As we struggle and as, as people struggle, their hearts are often turned to God. And here we have a terrible situation, and, and Christians are scattering everywhere. But God's work is is moving forward, and all that ha- all these guys did, and they're unname- I love that they're unnamed disciples in verse twenty. It just says some of them. These are men from Cyprus and Cyrene. They're just unnamed people. They're not just sharing the good news of Jesus with other Jewish people like them, but they're they have Non-Jews, they have more Greeks. And to these Greek background people, they're just sharing the good news of Jesus. They had a new front line in their life. And they proclaimed Jesus on their front line. And I use that word front line to describe anywhere where we we as people of faith in Jesus interact with people who don't know Jesus. That's a front line of ministry. And they had a new front line and they just proclaimed Christ. So wherever you go this week, you have a front line. It could be uh, people who don't know Jesus in your neighborhood or in your own home, in your place of work, in your school, or wherever God brings you this week, you have a front line. And all we do is we live our faith and proclaim Christ in those places. It's it's really that simple. But here, it's kind of revolution. And then the most important aspect of this in verse 21 is that Let me just read it. The Lord's hand was with them and a great number of people believed and turned to the Lord. That it was God's, God builds his church. It's God's kingdom advancing. It's God's work. And God's hand was with these people and as they spoke and as they shared what Jesus did with the world around them, people are coming to faith. And the church grew and it was different than what they'd seen before and they gave it a new name. So it's a whole new thing, gets a new name. That's the first thing. Second thing. This community gets the name Christian because they were so focused on Jesus. Look at verse 22. This is actually Acts chapter 11. The words are correct. The reference is just a typo. Verse 22. News of this reached the church in Jerusalem, and they sent Barnabas to Antioch. And when he arrived, he saw what the grace of God had done. And he was glad, and he encouraged them to remain true to the Lord with all their hearts. They, so the center of faith in Jesus was in Jerusalem, but as they scattered out, it's starting to spread and then the church in Jerusalem hears those leaders hear what's going on. They send Barnabas. He's very trustworthy. He's a great, encouraging kind of guy. They send him to check it out. Sure enough, it's genuine. He says to them, stay with Jesus. And he starts teaching them, stay with Jesus. And then he goes and he finds Saul and who's in Tarsus, and he travels to Tarsus, he comes back to Antioch, and they just keep teaching and teaching, and during this time when they're teaching was when they were first called Christians. Why? Because their teaching was all about Jesus. You need to cling to Jesus. You need to think about the person and the work of Jesus. It's, It's about his life and his death and his resurrection and his ascension and his future return. It's all about Jesus. And what happens and it is. When, especially, think about today. When people hear the word Christian, sometimes they think rules. They think of a certain ethic or morality, or um, they think of political persuasion, or they think, of, they think of something other than Jesus. But at the center of the faith is Jesus in his grace. Look at verse 23. It's all about when, when Barnabas arrives, he sees what the grace of God has done that at the center of of being a christian is not morality or just following the teachings of jesus it's following the person jesus and what he accomplished that jesus christ is god incarnate that god takes on human flesh and lives a perfect life that we could never live and dies in our place for our sins and rises again to new life and we couldn't do it on our own as much as we wanted to make up for our sin and make up for our failings and do the right thing and earn God's favor. We just cannot do it, but Jesus could. And Jesus does it in our place and we put our faith in him, not in ourselves. So it's not about, Christian isn't about rules, it's about Jesus. It's about what he accomplished. The lesson for us here is for us, same thing, keep Jesus at the center. And then verse 24, he was, uh, This is Barnabas was a, He was a good man, full of the Holy Spirit and faith, and a great number of people were brought to the church. Is that what it says? No. It says a great number of people were brought to the Lord. The goal isn't that the community just grew or that they all kind of lived the same. It's that they were brought to understand who Jesus was and what he accomplished. They were brought to him in a relationship with God. We just need to maintain our commitment to that. And do people see that? When we leave here and we wear this label Christian and we go about our day, do people see that we are committed to the person and work of Jesus Christ? No, let's say 50 years ago, if you were talking to a coworker and you said, yeah, you know, Sunday we'll be going to church with my family. They say, of course, everybody goes to church on Sunday. Today, when you say, oh, I'm going to church with my family, you do that? People still do that? Yeah, we still go to church. We gather to worship and we gather to learn. And or As you speak about your, your small group, as you speak about the things that you do in your life to, that demonstrate your commitment to Jesus, it screams loud. It speaks very loud. Another reminder here, as we think about how centered they were on Jesus, is that it, it was never a solo pursuit for these people. You know, Barnabas is there. It's a really good situation, but he needs help. He has to go get Saul So come teach with me. And they're gathering together. And we do that too. We have Christian friendships and small groups. Because we're never meant to just live this Christian thing by ourselves. We need one another. We need to have the humility to know that we can't go it alone. So they needed it. It was a whole new thing, so it needed a new name. It gets the name Christian because it was so centered on Christ, his person and work. And thirdly, There's this new name and new identification, Christian, because the community reflected the character of Jesus. And we see this in verse 27 and following, where there was a prophet came and predicted a famine, and the famine happened, and in verse 29, it says, the disciples, as each was able, decided to provide help for the brothers and sisters living in Judea. And as they did, this they did, sending their gift to the elders by Barnabas and Saul. So we have a whole new way, really a new covenant, a new way of relating to God through Jesus. So dedicated and focused to Jesus, now living out in practical ways and character this faith. And they do it by giving of their money. Giving away your money and your possessions is a very good and practical response to the gospel of Jesus Christ. At the heart of our faith, Jesus Christ gave up his heavenly throne and came to walk where we walk, takes on the human condition, made himself poor, as the Bible describes it, so that we might become rich in every way. That's what's going on. And a response to Jesus in that way, is that we can then give of what we have. It reminds us that God is the source of every blessing in our lives, and it represents faith, perhaps more than anything in our world. In our world, if... If your ultimate security is in God, then your ultimate security is not in your wealth and your possessions. Then you can hold it loosely and you can give it freely. We live in a world that if you have enough safety and security in your wealth, then you can face pretty much anything because you still have that. But when you start to send it away, it points that your, your safety and security is somewhere else. And just in general, giving reflects the character of God who gave everything for us. In the early church, the early Christians, they gave, and they gave generously. And this, you know, you read, it, sometimes it's hard in the, in the Bible, and you look at the early Christians, and it, they gave in ways that we culturally don't. So there was communities of Christians who just sold everything, and they lived in community together, that nobody really had any possessions. They all just sort of shared all their resources all the time. But here in Antioch, it looks more like what we do. There was a need, and people, some were more able than others, they gave freely, they gave their money to these leaders to take it to the elders of a church, and the elders of the church distributed it. They did the work, you know, they, they, did it. they used it to minister to people in need. And it, was, and, it, and it worked. As each was able, it wasn't a tax, it was not a requirement, they were just freely giving. This is really kind of how giving looks in the life of this church. And we take a very hands-off approach to this because it is, we, giving is supposed to be a response to God's love, not some kind of obligation or you feel compelled to do it, because, you know, pressured to do it. Um, I don't know who gives what here at this church, and that's why I don't have the opportunity to you know, take you to a nice meal and thank you for how much you give to the church. Like, if you give to a museum, they'll do that for you, especially if you give a big gift. And the bigger the gift, the nicer they'll treat you. And if you give to animal shelter, they'll, they'll acknowledge specifically what you've given. And, and I don't get the opportunity to do that because I don't know, and I don't want to treat you different because you happen to be wealthier than someone else. I don't, want, I don't even want to know. Um, but I do want to encourage you to give because this is where we see the spirit at work, where someone has a resource, Someone else needs it, for the, and it's needed for the work of ministry, and it's freely given, and in God's economy, it just works. It just works. And we get to experience the Christian community in this, this way. Um, there's a quote, I believe, attributed to Winston Churchill. He said this. It says, we make a living by what we get, but we make a life by what we give. We make a living by what we get, but we make a life by what we give. It's interesting. I do want to talk a little bit about um, giving in the life of this church. Some people say, you know, church talks too much about money, and other people say, you don't talk enough about money. It's like, well, here it is in our scripture today, so let's talk about it. Um, Free Christian Church, we're actually having a good year financially. That, And thank you, because you've been generous, and people who, um, you know, week to week have just been faithful to give of of what they have, and... You know, compared to other years, it's it's things are good. We're tracking well, I guess we could say, and we've been able to reduce expenses, and it's just it's been good, and it's been a blessing to see that happen in the life of this church. Um, we did have some extra capital expenses this year, which was um, <clears throat> there were things that weren't fun, like fixing cracks in the parking lot, and having to seal that thing, and get the lines repainted, and it's just not that's not you know we want to. We want to feed people. We want to, and we do those things. And we are, our, you know, missions is 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 cranking away. But we had to do some of these things. We had to f- fix some of the paint on the front columns. And again, not the not. What's the word? It, we just had to do it. You know, it's just uh, maintenance stuff. <clears throat> so if 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 anybody felt compelled to need to give extra, the capital fund could use help this year. But otherwise, I mean, things are. are God has been very good to us, and people have been very generous, and when they're living this out beautifully, and I praise God for that. Um, We we started a project a couple years ago where we are fixing the the bricks in the church and and the rear entry of the church and the kitchen. So we got about halfway through that project, and we're going to have to finish that project, and so it's mostly the kitchen and the rear entry part of the project that needs to get finished, and we need some more resources for that. And we'll get to that. It's one of those things that just fell on our generation. It was, you know, every 80 to 100 years, you got to do this kind of work. And hey, congratulations, it landed on us. But in, in some ways, it feels like, oh, man, it fell on us. In other ways, what an opportunity. It's, it's our privilege to be able to address these things so that generations of faith beyond us, after we're dead and gone we'll still have a place to gather and to worship God and to sing his praises and to disciple children and teenagers and and adults and and to invite more people to come in and we get an opportunity to be part of that. So it's just, giving becomes a beautiful expression of the Christian community. And this is, you know, they get called Christians and this is what they're doing. They're just collecting money. There's a famine, you know, in Jerusalem and they're gonna send the money there and the leaders are gonna be responsible with it. So that's that's what's going on here. they were given the label, Christian, follower of Christ. What's your, what label do you wear? If, if the world had to give a new label to what we're doing, you know, what would they call it? How would they describe our community? My prayer is that we would be people who go out onto the front lines of our lives, you know, wherever God calls us, and that we bear Christ well. We wear the label Christ well. The way we welcome people who are different than us, the way that we focus on Jesus Christ and His grace, um, what He accomplished on the cross. Um, And may the life that that brings about in us reflect Him as well, reflect His character. Now, you may live that life and some people will not like you. Okay? People might even think less of you as you live this way. But don't be angry or frustrated. Remember the words of Jesus. Jesus said this. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Jesus says rejoice and be glad because great is your reward in heaven. Some people aren't going to like you, but that's okay because this is also what happens. As we live out our faith, as we live out our faith on the front lines of our lives, Speaking and demonstrating the good news of Jesus. As the Lord's hand is with us, people may believe. Turn to the Lord, and we share in all the joy and blessings of God's kingdom in that. May we wear Christ well.